0: I engaged in an adulterous relationship for three years, uh, while on leadership in the church, while uh, a believer.
1: Casey Van Norman was living a double life, when the lies caught up with her, she knew she had to confess everything to her husband.
0: He's on his way home, and I am sitting in our living room on the sofa, preparing to pack my bags, and this secret now was exposed.
1: So much hurt and preservation Like a tendle around my soul So much painful information No clear way on how to hold it Nothing could have prepared Casey for her husband's reaction to her affair. It changed the course of both of their lives. Casey Van Norman is sharing her deeply personal story on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim
2: Kirkland. As we begin the new year and a new decade, we're excited to keep sharing stories on this podcast that show just how much God loves us, even when we are broken and flawed and just generally messed up. That was Billy Graham's message throughout the years. And later in this episode, you'll hear him share more.
3: Is God? Nobody, of course, can fully define God, but we do know some of the things He is. For one thing, He is a God of love.
2: You can learn more about God's love at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net.
0: God.
1: People stories.
0: I grew up on the poor side of the tracks in deep East Texas, which is the Bible Belt of the world.
1: Casey's young parents were dealing with their own brokenness when they had children.
0: Uh, they loved as far as they knew how to love from just generations of, of brokenness behind them. Along with alcoholism, there was a factor of abandonment in my life where my dad left when I was very young, nine years old. And he was kind of in and out. And so it was very chaotic and tumultuous.
1: Even though life at home was tough, Casey and her family went to church twice a week because... Well, that's what everyone did where Casey was from.
0: You go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night, and you're involved in you know all the ministries, and you see all the people there and all the families there, and they seem so put together and so uh, just well-curated uh, with health. And you go, okay, well, I want to be that one day. I have this Disneyland family, I want to be a part of that. I'll be on the ride, and hopefully one day I'll get there and arrive. And, but the truth is, I felt not just chaotic in my external experience, but very uh, divided in my internal experience. I grew up in a very white, conservative, evangelical, staunch, legalistic church. And it was all about what I needed to do to be holy, um, what I needed to do to receive the forgiveness of God and understand His grace and so I could get on board with a love to be earned because that's what it felt like in my family is that I needed to do something to earn that love and so that made sense to my teenage brain that if I were to do something or be good enough or act right enough, God would love me.
2: One way Casey thought she could earn God's love was by staying sexually pure. She attended a Christian conference in the 90s when she was 15. At the conference, she made a commitment to wait until marriage to have sex.
0: As far as I knew, as far as I could, as far as I understood of God, I really meant my promise. I really meant it to God. I walked down front and said, God, I am going to stay pure, and I mean it. And um, it was not even three months after that conference that I was... Uh, molested and raped by an older man.
2: That act of violence shattered Casey's world and her view of God.
0: What I went through for the years of fallout that would follow that, that rape is, is just the reoccurring thought that God, I kept my promise, but you did not keep yours. That experience happened when I was 15 and it really set me on a course of just destruction this lie just on repeat that, you know, the abandonment of my father and um, the neglect of my childhood was true. Just almost an an affirmation to me that, okay, this is really is who you are and you are used and you are not worth it and you are not um, lovable. You know, all of these things I'm, I'm wrestling through. And so just went on an absolute teenage bender. And I tell people, Whatever you want to think about as far as rebellion, I probably fit that blank and just tested out everything the world has to offer, promiscuity, alcohol, drugs. Um, but my main drug of choice continued to be church, because there I could put on this mask and act out this person that I wanted to be.
1: Yep, on the outside, Casey was a church-going girl determined to keep up the right appearance. But on the inside, there was
2: turmoil. Casey described it as living a double life. Her heart wasn't lined up with what she claimed to believe.
0: It's that here I am, a Christian, believing in God, yet not believing Him. The problem is I very much believe in God and Jesus as my Savior. I believe that Jesus went to the cross and He died and He took my sin, and he rose, and I'd be with him forever in heaven. I believed in that, but I did not believe, just simply believe, who God says that I am. I knew a lot about the Bible. I knew a lot about, um, you know, church and religion, but I did not have an understanding of him. And there's a big gap there. There's a big difference. And for me, it was the difference between bondage and freedom as a believer, as a Christian.
2: In the midst of this inner turmoil, Casey met a Christian man and fell in love. They got married in 2002 when they were in their early 20s.
0: My husband, Justin, and uh, he's just a wonderful man who had saved himself for marriage, raised by good, you know, parents who were together and from a healthy home life. And he sincerely loved me and I sincerely loved him. But I stood at that altar and I looked in his eyes and said, I do, believing that if he really knew me, if he really knew who I was, he would, he would leave, he would walk. I wasn't worth it. And there was something about his goodness that I hoped would deflect off of the darkness and the secrets in my own heart and life.
1: Temptation crept in after Casey and Justin had children. Casey struggled with her identity as a stay-at-home mom, and she wasn't connecting with her husband on a truly intimate level.
0: I was just prime and ready for a, a major attack, a major moral failing, uh, as someone who has just been so weak and so wrapped up in this facade for so long. Here we've got two babies, and I'm I'm staying in my pajamas all day long, and I have. Uh, you know, just desperate to talk and have conversations with adults and really questioning, you know, what's my purpose? Am I just going to sit here in my flannel pajamas and watch Oprah and eat bonbons with my kids for the rest of my life? What am I doing here, God? And my husband, you know, is busy working and providing for the family. And Um, I just need someone to talk to. And when my best friend's husband begins to see some of the places in me that are fraying and begins to actually ask questions of me and notice things, and I'm just prime and ready to receive this.
1: The affair began in Casey's mind, but that is not where it ended.
0: I engaged in an adulterous relationship for three years uh, while on leadership in the church. At the end of the affair, this three-year period uh, of deceit and agony and betrayal, Where I had become someone that I no longer recognized. I mean, literally, I would look in the mirror, and I didn't know who I was looking at. I I had lost so much weight, and my hair was falling out, and my teeth were turning yellow. And the sin of my life as a believer was literally killing me from the inside out.
2: And then the truth came out. When her best friend discovered what was going on, Casey had to break the news to Justin.
0: He's on his way home, and I am sitting in our living room on the sofa Preparing to pack my bags. I'm preparing to tell him that my best friend had discovered the phone records and this secret now was exposed and confessed this to him. And when my husband, Justin, stood in front of me hearing this news that absolutely destroyed him in every way. I don't want to downplay the situation of what he experienced. He was angry. He was mad. He was sobbing. He got sick to his stomach. I mean, he felt all of the feelings you would expect someone to feel. And in the same moment, the Holy Spirit completely consumed him. He looked straight in my eyes and he said the words to me that would unleash God's promise in my life and unleash freedom in my mind and my heart and literally break the bonds and the chains of shame and condemnation I had felt for so long that had led to so much sinful behavior. And this, these were Justin's words to me in this moment. Casey, I don't know how to not love you.
2: That was the turning point in Casey's life, the turning point in her relationship with her husband, her view of the church, and her understanding of God. She hit rock bottom and found Jesus waiting there for her, full of love and grace.
0: Justin will be the first to say, this was not me. This was the Spirit of God coming on me to give you this message and to fight for you and to fight for my marriage and to reclaim what is mine What a picture of who Jesus is. I saw in flesh this beacon of light, of hope, breaking through the darkness of my secrets, breaking into the ice cold of my heart and my mind to say, Casey, as if Jesus was speaking to me directly, Casey, I don't know how to not love you. I am here to do the will of my Father, and to not love you would be to turn on my very own self. And no, you have nothing to offer me. Your hands are empty. Uh, In fact, you've prostituted yourself out. To idols, to other loves. And yet, I, Jesus, am coming after you. I am pursuing you relentlessly with a perfect, unconditional love. And I want you to receive that. And I'm telling you, the chains of my heart broke loose in that moment. And there would be much work to be done. But for the first time in my life, as a Christian, and I'd been a Christian for 20 years. And for the first time in my life, I believed God. I received the grace and love that up until that point, I had only told other people about and never received for myself.
1: Casey realized for the first time that there was a difference in talking about God's grace and actually receiving it as a free gift.
0: That's the message I hope uh, comes across comes through right now to anyone who's listening to the sound of my voice is to just stop right now and reflect and say, have I fully received the grace and love? Maybe I can talk about it all day long, but have I fully received who Jesus is for me, what He has done for me? Do I get up every day and claim that promise?
1: Discovering the grace of God changed Casey's life. The season that followed was difficult and painful. But it was also redemptive as she and Justin tried to restore their marriage. The Van
2: Normans had tough conversations that helped them really get to know each other on an intimate level. Casey brought her traumatic past out into the light so she could begin to heal. And the two of them put Christ at the center of their marriage.
0: We began to just pour, pour over the Word of God and just keep it constantly, constantly in front of us and receive it. Read those, we'd read some words and we'd, we'd receive it and we'd read some more and we'd receive it as true of us and not waiting on this God to, that wants us to be fixed because we lived in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then we begin to bring people into our lives to affirm that with us, to continue to point our marriage, our children, our hearts into the truth of God's word. And these are people that are living this out with us. Even now, it's amazing what honesty and confession does for community, because we had just both of us really been terrified of vulnerable friendships and relationships, um, which was a large part of some of the destruction and the painful decisions we made because we we didn't have anyone in our life that saw us every day. And there was something so liberating about saying the hardest parts, the worst parts of our story that allowed the real work of friendship to be done, and the people who were going to be with us and walk this road of life with us went through the fire and they stayed. And man, we have latched on to those friendships, and it has completely changed our mind about church. And this one thing that we used to run from, uh, church, it has now become the place where we go for healing.
2: It was 2009 when Casey's Secret came out, and for the next year, She experienced tremendous healing and just in time because her faith was about to be put to the test.
0: Out of the blue, I have a tremendous amount of pain in my abdomen and I'm rushed in for an emergency hysterectomy and they find a golf ball size mass in my abdomen that is malignant stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so for the next two years, my family would come out of this one traumatic season into another traumatic season of fighting cancer and chemotherapy treatments, and mom being sick in the bed all the time.
1: In the midst of her battle with cancer, Casey discovered another dimension of her faith that needed to be transformed by God.
0: I had built this identity of who I thought God was around wh- who other people were. That's that's kind of all I knew of Him. How people had treated me is what I thought you know who how god would treat me. And the work that god did through illness, the disease of cancer is every part of that had to be stripped away. My life could no longer go on relating to god as a relation in a relational like everybody what everybody else thinks or who everybody else is, it was now between me and god. And this had to be um between me and him only and everything i thought i knew was completely stripped away. And I almost had to rebuild these core foundational beliefs. But I did this in the weakest, most frail state of my whole life, really fully believing that I would die, that I would not make it. I mean, the doctors are saying you have five years at, at best if the chemo works. And so now here I am standing and I was you know, cancer-free in 2015 for the first time. And I'm standing not just healing in and of my body, but healing of my mind, healing of my soul, healing in my relationships, uh, because I was brought relationally, physically, mentally to the lowest point of my life to really fully see God for who He is.
1: Today, Casey, Justin, and their two children live in College Station, Texas, and life is full. Casey is a counselor, Bible teacher, and writer. She and Justin run a nonprofit together, and Casey is passionate about helping others find the grace and the freedom of Christ that changed her life.
0: Even if the, the chemo had not worked, you know, even if I was still sick, or even if I have a reoccurrence that I know truly now what real healing is, and that is to be with Him forever in His kingdom. And for me to experience that kingdom more and more uh, every day in the here and now is for me to trust Him more today than I did yesterday. And so that is my course, that is my mission, that is what I preach, that is um, where I want to love from is to guide others and to point myself and my children and my friends to trust God more today than we did yesterday because he is so worth it and he really is who he says he is
3: I am guilty but I see grace We well, love came down to send me free And if I trust accept this change that there is more than what I see.
2: God really is who he says he is. And he says that he loves you. If you haven't received his unconditional love for yourself, we hope that right now, before anything else, that you will pay a visit to this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. There, you can take that first step. Again,
1: findpeacewithgod.net. Tiny Houses and Farming. In just a minute, Casey is going to share how those two things are now part of God's calling on her life. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
3: Who is God? What have you substituted for God? How can you get back to God? Billy Graham. Nobody, of course, can fully define God. But we do know some of the things he is. For one thing, he is a God of love. He is capable of loving and being loved he has hands to help us arms to uphold us eyes to search us feet to pursue us and a compassionate heart to love us the fact is we were created for his fellowship in his image and likeness if god is all of this and more why should men forget him sin is the alluring attraction we have forsaken god because we love sin more you must be willing to acknowledge your sins you must be willing to turn your back upon sin and then you must turn to something, and that something is the cross of Jesus Christ. The reason that Jesus Christ died on the cross was to take your sins, and you can turn back to God through Christ. There is no way to God today except through Jesus Christ, and there is only one place that God will meet a repentant sinner, and that is at the foot of the cross of His Son.
1: You can learn more about turning back to God through Christ at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. Hmm. Turning to Christ is exactly what our guest Casey Van Norman did at the
2: lowest point of her life. And now God is using Casey in many ways to help others in the midst of their brokenness and pain.
0: I've written a book called Nothing Wasted, God Uses the Stuff You Wouldn't. And the whole premise of this entire book is is to connect readers to see that every part of their life, even the parts that feel completely broken or completely boring are useful to the kingdom of God. And it's this journey that I I just want to encourage. It is the mission now of my life, not just in my own home, but in any door that the Lord allows me to walk through and specifically on a day to day, what that looks like for me is my husband and I. We run a nonprofit here in our town, in College Station, Texas, called Northway Farms, and we have a little farm. And I work as a reentry recovery counselor in our local prison. And so, as women are are being released from prison and they have no one, and they are believing every lie that they've ever grown up, you know, to believe and um, They are wrestling through addiction and abandonment, some of the same things that I wrestled through. We have these little tiny houses in our backyard, and we bring them in, and they live with us, and they are family to us. And we just speak the truth over them and tell them who God is and how much He loves them. And we do the ordinary, everyday things with them and just to see God redeem and restore brokenness. Oh, my goodness. It's just such a gift.
2: And Casey has given us a gift by sharing her story today. Our thanks to her and to you for listening.
1: Happy New Year. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, people, stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.